not do any cultural misappropriation. Why? I'm for cultural misappropriation. (laughs) See, we're off to a bang-up start already. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I like sugar skulls and altars and giving reverence to those that have passed on before us. Yeah, and the possibility that they might... um, still have some form of consciousness amongst us some perception yeah 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 i felt like my dog bruno was sleeping by my bed which he used to do see see maybe he was yeah and i don't even care if it's the power of suggestion or whether it's not because the same the emotional experience for me is the same yeah that's i agree with that i thought about that with faith that there's an element of you know Real or not real, I've got this feeling and experience that's good for me. Right. Delusions can be very functional. Yeah. I did do a little, yeah. Hey, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> bliss ignorance. That is interesting. Ignorance is bliss. And it was the tree of knowledge that had the apple that God forbade the people to eat from. Yeah. The people. The all two of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the devil swayed them. Yeah, I mean, I read recently something I'd never heard before, which was that there was a third person, that there was someone before Adam. <laughs> he <was> cast out. <laughs> ben. Good old Ben. He just didn't quite have it. <laughs> you know, he couldn't spare a rib. <laughs> He was like me. They couldn't find it. Exactly. Yeah, like, well, back to the drawing board. Let's go with Adam. Yeah. He won't eat that tree of life. Yeah. Or tree of knowledge. Tree of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I started a new book this week. By starting, I mean I'm going to start. <laughs> Smile at Fear by Chokin. Oh. One of my favorites. And, All right. Uh, I, I thought I would start by just reading um, whatever this first little, you know how they do. Here we go. Oh, how they I do. I have no idea what this is. You know how they do. <laughs> when you are frightened by something, you have to relate with fear. Explore why you are frightened and develop some sense of conviction. You can actually look at fear. Then fear ceases to be the dominant situation that is going to defeat you. Fear can be conquered. You can be free from fear if you realize that fear is not the ogre. You can step on fear, and therefore you can attain what is known as fearlessness. But that requires that when you see fear, you smile. That's pretty apropos after Halloween. Yeah, why not? I like it. And I had no idea. That wasn't planned. I didn't read it in advance. I had no idea. 
Jonah spent yesterday watching scary movies with a friend. They saw The Shining, The Conjuring. Those are the two I know of. Yeah. Someday maybe I'll be brave enough to watch The Exorcist. I know we talked about this on another podcast, so we don't have to go too far into it. But Danny, yeah. why you do this to me, Danny? Why <laughs> you do this to me? Yeah, I mean, Sam Hain is what the pagans call this holiday. Right? And it's another form of uh, earth consciousness religion, right? This idea that the spirits are closer, the, the, this layer between the veils. The veil, yeah, it's at its thinnest point. I love that. And I love the jack o' lantern to keep the oogie boogies at bay. Oh, is you know, that like, what the jack-o'-lantern's for? It's to yeah. scare away evil spirits? Scare away the evil spirits, right. That's why you want to make a scary jack-o'-lantern, really, because... Right, not a happy one. Right. Yeah, my best ever carved pumpkin was the Grateful Dead Steal Your Face icon. It took me <laughs> two hours because I was like, I got super stoned, and then I was like, that's got to be good. And and it turned out really great. I was very proud of it. I think somewhere in my phone, there's still a picture of it, maybe. It was several phones ago, so you know that goes, like the, the old pictures. And the old days, the pictures would go away. The photos travel with you from phone to phone. But now that I have the sacred Apple cloud, I think it's... It's, it's called iCloud, okay? Okay? It's okay cloud? Is that like okay Cupid? Yeah, okay Cupid cloud. <laughs> Has a rainbow unicorn for a symbol. Yeah. yeah. The sacred iCloud. Yeah. What was it you said? Just because you have a penis on your forehead doesn't make you a unicorn. That is correct. <laughs> and that is real. <laughs> My new one is NPR Nazi swipe left. What? NPR Nazis swipe left. Oh, okay. Is that, was that what's on your dating profile? Do you even have a Should dating profile? Be. I actually do. Yeah. Awesome. How's it going? It's like it's banal, pointless. Is that because everyone you meet is, is like banal and pointless? or Because there's no real meeting via it. Oh, it's all like the, the whole like interview questions. And then there's a certain point where people just disconnect either out of boredom well, or one like, of the My experience is I don't match with anyone. Yeah, I know that says a lot about me. <laughs> but you're a unique flower who's, who's special. Someone is just a little harder to find. That aside, um, you know, I matched with someone a couple of days ago and never heard from her because I'm on Bumble and the woman needs to initiate the conversation. Got it. She was busy at a hot Halloween party without you, but she might have had a bad Exactly. Time. She might pay attention as much as I do, which is like maybe once every week and a half. Yeah. So that's why it's pointless and banal, because if I if someone matches with me and says something, well, actually, then I'll see it. But anyway, it just... What I loved about it seven years ago when I was doing it was the challenge of writing that thing that was so outside the ordinary, yet so magnetic that people were sort of couldn't help but be interest, interested. And I used to experiment with it. See, I was doing that a couple of years ago, 
But there's this element of reading, you know, I'm great. I love outdoors. I love hiking. I'm really kind. I'm really nice, except when I'm fucking angry and want to rip your head off. But they don't write that piece like that to me is, you know, I'm looking for that forever. Someone who's perfect and we never yell at each other and like, all right. I'm talking about when the reply comes through. Like, I get that that oh. first one has to have a kind of PR tone to it. Like, no one's going to click on, I want to tie you up and beat you with a flogger. I don't know. Maybe they will. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that, you know, did you see The sh the Big Short, the movie The Big Short? Yeah. yeah. You did? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you remember how he got his wife, the the kind of guy who was you know, sort of out there, the outsider guy. I don't remember it very well, so no. Oh, anyway, so, so he, he said something like, you know, I'm an outsider, I'm not good with people, blah, 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 I'm just looking for someone, and his wife wrote back, finally, someone who's honest on here. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of the principle I'm talking about. Right. And, but to me, it's the, the it's it's on when you get that first reply, because a lot of people they get they make that first reply and they bring all this baggage with them right and the woman or the man like is like all right i'm doing it i'm going in what bullshit am i going to find this time right and and they they expect something that's like going to not work out or they're they're the other end of the spectrum and they're like i really hope this is a good one right <laughs> <laughs> and i've been burned so many times or just bored Right. Like, like there's nothing to spark anything there. So to me, as someone who is illustrative in their alliteration, I like the word games that go with warping their minds a little and trying to come up with verbiage that's very verification of our veracity of intellectual capacity. Like you can see just in the last 15 seconds how bad I am at it, but how fun it is. And so, like, that's where I would... Go. Why do you think you're bad at it? That was pretty good. I thought veracity of whatever you said. Yeah, I don't remember. Thank God we're recording. Yeah. <laughs> it was good, I thought. Yeah, I so have, like... like it's like the, it's the verbal equivalent of the big red feathers. Right. I don't know. Just isn't really happening i've got other things that i'm concerned about in life like okay. growing up getting my life together i'm gonna go see our friend who's up in a hospital in reno oh i'm gonna leave tomorrow morning see him and uh he managed to get in the hospital again well he's been in the hospital since mid-august he got out for a little while didn't he no must be a different friend Put his name in the so. chat. Sid. Oh, okay. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. No, well, he hasn't gotten that. At one point, I thought we talked about him, like, still roaming around, but... That was, that was, like, three days after Gina passed away. She passed away mid-August. Fourth day, he was in a hospital in Reno. And he's right. been there pretty much since. <sighs> well, are you ready for snow up there? Yes. Even tomorrow, do you have chains for the truck? Flying up. Oh, you're flying to Reno? Yeah. That's cool. From where? San Francisco. Oh, that's cool. Yes, it is cool. 
So you talked about that in terms of maturity. And I sense the weight of your vibe right now being like you're, it's like, this feels sad and heavy for you. Well, it's not a celebratory trip. I get it. I'm very grateful that I get to do it. There's a lot of joy and gratitude in this opportunity. Because that's how you roll, man. Like you are just, you know, there's pig pen from the peanuts. Yeah. You're the, your pile of stuff is joy and gratitude. Like that just follows you everywhere. Well, that's a good vibe. I'll go with that. Yeah. See? Now if I could roll some cash into that dust. How much do you want? Just say it right now. Top of the head. First answer. 2.8 million. Awesome. Awesome. So. That's a starting point. When you get to Reno, take Put twenty five dollars on black. <laughs> what? How old is Sid? How old is Sid? He yeah. is fifty nine. What if we divide that by three? What do we get? Um, we get twenty one or twenty point two 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 or three 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 something like that. Yeah, something ridiculous. So take twenty bucks and put. Wait, listen to me. Put it on twenty. One bet, right? It's twenty bucks, and let it ride until until it's it's like you know, a couple hundred bucks. Then take it off. It's oh. <laughs> a great idea. Nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, this is not going to be a fun trip. This is not a recreational trip. I do love playing craps. Craps is a fun game and cards, except I like playing cards when you can uh, dealer's choice, you know, with friends. I like that vibe. That looks great, Mark. Did Kathy make this? In costume. Hey, did you go out trick-or-treat? Yeah, that party you posted on, uh, did you recognize what they had emulated? Yeah. Okay. I went to this party in Terra Linda, California. Um, My friend lives there. And the street is just a, a known place for the most awesome Halloween decorations oh, wow. and houses. And kids come from miles around because it's it's like a house every 30 feet. And they know there's going to be hundreds of kids. So it's like this massive coal, coalition, coal, like an energy that comes together. Culmination. Culmination, yeah. Uh, and kids... Um, all kinds of costumes, adolescents and adults, and they block the streets. Like the city doesn't block the streets. The parents block the streets. We go, they go to the end of the streets and there's like two of them that are next to each other. And it's like four or five blocks on each side. So it's massive. And so there's this one guy and his wife who turned their whole front of their garage into like a whole concert DJ setup. And one of the amazing things. It was squid game. Well, yes, and I was getting there, right? Okay. But their Halloween piece was they made it into Squid Game, right? And so they had a guy dressed as one of the guys that the guards with the triangle on his mask, and um, they had built the tall girl who, when you play, yeah. shoots at you, and they had put up the symbols. And he and his wife dressed in the contestants' um, sweat. Oh, um, really? Yeah. With the animal masks? 
No, no, the contestants. Oh, the contestants. Oh. I didn't oh. see any of the participants, right? Okay. Anyway, and he turns out he's a really brilliant DJ. So he had set up this whole laser light show with fog. They had even taken a steel cable, run it across from their house to the telephone pole, and hung a disco ball over the street. So that they're uh-huh. and it, like, we left. And it, even though all the kids and most people had gone home, the traffic was was still blocked because the people were just banging. It was like uh, suburbia meets Burning Man. It was it was amazing. <laughs> and I thought, well, they've got to have a couple of, of breaks where they do the squid game games, but they didn't. They just played killer songs. All right. Have you, in, have you watched Squid Game? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. pretty, pretty amazing. I've been seeing some Squid Game memes. Yeah. And I was laughing at one the other day because it was like it thought it was so smart because it had had the catch guy as like uh, the guy that catches him in the beginning. Okay, right, right, right. right. And then as if he was the superior one. But meanwhile, like, no. For those of you who haven't seen it, I won't say what happens. But basically, it's an incredible allegory for the uh, spiritual disease of capitalism. Well, I've heard a lot of people talking about how it's a talk, you know, about life. Oh, no. I thought the production value was amazing. Like, I've seen one other Korean thing. I tried to watch a Korean show on Netflix, and it just was like, ugh, couldn't get into it. This I was way into, and part of why I was way into it is the acting and production was amazing. Yeah, they did a really good job, and apparently the guy went totally broke investing all of his money into this production. <laughs> really? And had no buyers. He like got to the end of the rope. He had the thing in the can, and he was completely busted, and no one wanted it. Wow. And he got Netflix interested, and they bought it for like very little they got it cheap uh, and it's a huge hit and he's been like trying to come back to the table with them and go hey i'm over here <laughs> well he definitely has a season two that's well the story could be a season two we yeah we see that that could be it right um i'm not sure it's gonna happen it'd be a different story for sure yeah yeah, it's a. It was an, a really great piece of of visual art. Um, the the whole Korean lifestyle thing that was brilliant to see the dynamics. Um, apparently, everybody's dad dies because most people have like just their moms living at home. Like most of the male characters don't. That's interesting. I never thought of that. That's true. Yeah. It was well-conceived. It was a great uh, indictment of the pursuit of wealth. Yes. Which is interesting considering both you and I have aspirations to be millionaires. And characters, you know, like you had the thug character. You had the thug female character trying to align herself with the thug, you know, and trying to align herself to someone. You had the, you had the 
girl from the wrong side of the country. <laughs> yeah, the, it was good. It also kept you guessing because every time you thought you knew what was going to happen, it turned out a little different. And that's a, a mark of a well-written drama. Thread. Yeah. And again, the acting was top-notch, top-notch. Yeah. I saw like what you posted, and they even had the pig full of money. Yeah, and in there, that was nice touch. That was yeah. good. And it was full of hundred dollar bills that were outsized. Like someone actually bought some really great fun fake money from somewhere. Really? I don't know where you buy those. Wow, they put a lot of. Uh... Yeah, well, they, the, apparently this couple is their massive YouTube success. Su- successes. Oh, really? Yeah, they pulled in seven hundred k last year off their YouTube channel. And they do workout videos. Like, that's so. Nice. Well, good for them. And he was a great DJ. Like, he played some really great tracks. He was actually scratching. Wow. Yeah, physically scratching. And he did a really good job at it. Did he have vinyl? He had vinyl and he had digital. Wow. He was scratching vinyl? Mm Mm-hmm. It's all right. I mean, as far as, you know, bona fide hip-hop scratchers he was like probably a four out of ten hey, four is pretty good urban white boys in california on halloween who don't dj i mean he obviously professionally because he had all the gear right had a lot of the gear so and he, he had everyone dancing and pumped and he played a lot of great tracks and kathy and i my girlfriend walked by a few times and we he played september by earth wind and fire and that was it we had to dance right on yeah, so that was good. Well, you I mean, guys had a good time. In the morning, I went for um, a mountain bike ride with my my buddy Tomas. Saw that. Very cool. That was really hardcore. Like, dude, I didn't go very far. Like, there was it was not um, an achievement on any level, and it was horrific. I I was home, and I was up at three o'clock in the morning with the heating pad, like the whole ah. thing. Like, I am fucked up today. But but it was really great to connect. You know, he doesn't like Facebook. So I I call I said it was great to connect with my old friend. And I was like pointing at my bicycle, which is true. Right. But it was really also about him. Who I've known him since we were teenagers. And, uh, you know, he's super supportive of me and I love him. And we have a great musical chemistry and all that stuff. But I just want to talk about the bike for a minute. I bought the bike in 1995. (laughs) Okay. At the time I had just a little bit of money, extra money. And I went big. I invented, I invested in what was then a really like elite class, um, mountain bike by a company called Cannondale. And I picked them because they were made in America. And the frame is one piece of aluminum. Like there's no welds. It's like this really cool design where they, they figured out how to make it all one piece. And I rode it a bit off and on over the years and it sat for a long time. And I, last summer I refurbished it. Um, I got some new tires, some new rims and replaced some of the defunct, but a lot of the pieces are still, you know, and it's what 1995. Yeah. It's 30 years old plus 35 years old. No, 20 years, 25 years. Yeah. You, I'm as a good a mountain biker as I am at math. <laughs> so yeah, it was yeah still great. it's probably a classic. Like there's people who co- collect mountain bikes, you know, who are. Like, I looked at it. I paid um, 
twelve hundred for it when I bought it, and I, it'll it'll sell for around eight hundred now just for the frame. Yeah. Because, but I don't. I'm not going to sell it. I'm going to ride that thing till I can. So you're planning on doing some more mountain bike riding this winter? Uh, yes, and not for a couple of days. <laughs> Do you and Thomas have another uh... bike date? Not yet. Yeah. We're going to go. I mean, it, dude. He could be your accountability. Like you would be in hella shape by the end of winter. Yeah, that's it. That's the plan. All right. I'm on the road to recovery. Very good. When I hit 60, I'll be one of those dudes. One <sighs> of those dudes. <laughs> oh, 60. <laughs> I like that. I go raw, and you're like, I bet you could beat me arm wrestling now. I don't know. I don't know that I have a lot of strength. Hmm. I used to be able to beat Jonah, and he kicks my ass now. What are what are those bells you use? And oh yeah, the kettlebell. Yeah, I'm afraid to do that because what I have right now is my lower lumbar is fucked up. It's so sore hmm. right now and tight, and that's from bicycling. Right, it's a hip thing. But right. waving those kettlebells around looks like it would be great for for that part of your body, but also a little scary. When I first started doing them, I was always afraid they'd slip loose and create a lot of damage in the gym. But those days are gone. Oh, it's the grip part that's hard for you. Well, it's pretty relaxed. I don't know. I just had that. That was probably more of a psychological thing. Oh, I got it. So is, are you saying that you don't worry about it anymore because you don't use kettlebells anymore? No, I don't worry about it anymore because I've been doing it for so many years. It's just like, yeah. Second nature to you. Yeah. I have been um, with my mindfulness of myself entering a place of strength, I think, of not thinking of myself as weak or frail, to be strong and not feel a need to rescue someone. Like if someone's flailing and it'll injure me to help them, I got something to go through. Good luck. Right. It's one thing you can be friendly and encouraging and, and there for them and not rescue them. Right. And the other thing is with my anger to um, not be angry but still have the vitality that that energy has. Yeah. So are you, yeah. Yeah. We recently, I belonged to this group called the men's wisdom work group and uh, anger came up in one of our recent conversations as something that men um, withhold or, um, or, or don't have a calibration on. They don't know how to actually be angry without it either being like super off the chart, out of control or subverted and buried and therefore toxic. Yes. And I think I've had a fear of being called angry. Like if someone said, you know, why are you so angry? And I'd be like, oh, no, what am I doing wrong? And now I'm like, you know, if you think I'm angry, OK, whatever. It's just, you know. Or, yeah, I'm angry, and that's okay, and that doesn't mean. Yeah, I, I've, um, 
partnered with Molly on this reusables, you know, in Mill Valley. Yeah. You're talking and about. yesterday we had a meeting to work on our business plan. And the first half was like four hours we had set aside. The first half was a grind. We were just like, I think we both wanted to quit. We were upset with each other. It just wasn't working. And luckily she had to take a break and go into her shop. And then, so we had a 20 minute break. We came back and we got this, we got done really well. And we were both like acknowledged like, yeah, we did it. You know, we made it through whatever that was. Through the down. Yeah. Yeah. There, I can see the pain on your face. (laughs) What I've noticed for myself, well, two things. One, if I do yoga, which I haven't been doing a lot of this year, um, if I do it regularly, it really helps the lower back. And working out regularly, like my lower back is always kind of a constant thing. But if I don't work out, it's a constant thing with pain and hardship. Yeah, I get it. If I work out, it's like, okay. I get it. I totally get it. Core strength, man. They talk about it. It's a thing. Yeah. You know, I moved out of this place that I used to live in. That's um, this really beautiful spot that's on a man-made lake here. It's um, and I, I when I lived there, I owned a paddleboard, and when I moved away, I left the paddleboard because it was like I don't have that here. I'm not like I have a pool. I'm not going to paddleboard on my pool because it's like one, two, oops, boom. <laughs> but they um, called me. They needed help with a little something maintenance wise that you know there was a lighting system that i left behind also and i had a nice conversation and tea with the roommate who i used to be roommates with who's now the anchor tenant and i reestablished my visitation to my my paddleboard so i can go paddleboard now and i'm like great cold wet winter this perfect paddleboarding weather it is but i'm like i'm afraid to fall in dude but like I know it's not even cold, but it's cold. That yeah, so, is, it's cold. Yeah. It's good. It's a good shock to the system. Yeah. Yeah. Wim Hof and all that. Wait, what'd you say? Wim Hof. Is that the guy's name from He does the ice baths and the right, breathing right, right, thing right. and no. From Europe, right? I think he's from Europe. I think so. It's the yeah. thing. It's the it's yeah, and it's really good for your nervous system. Yeah, fucking guys, they always get this thing. I've got the thing to transform your life. I just well, need twelve hundred dollars. What you do is go into a NFL locker room after the game and see everybody sitting in big puddles of ice. Yeah, and you're no, like, I yeah, this that. is the thing. It's for I get sure. That you know, there's definitely yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I watched the Colin Kaepernick documentary on uh, Netflix. I didn't know there was one. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's seven or eight episodes, and it's him telling the story of how he grew up to become a quarterback. But it's framed in um, <clears throat> reflection of all of the racism and uh, ways that black athletes and athletes in general are maneuvered through the system and how he could have been an amazing baseball player. Like he had multiple offers 
for a free ride, but he wanted to be quarterback. And that people pushed back and it was tough. And, you know, to find out that he was adopted and raised by white parents in suburbia as a black man was really interesting to just find that out about him. And he, he, he appears in it as the narrative, right? And so he tells his own story on a certain level, but there's good acting and, and it's like, and there's these, these callbacks to, um, great black heroic figures along the way, you know, people that most people haven't heard of. There's no Dr. King. There's no Malcolm X. It's, you know, it's other people, Fanny Hamer. I mean, she's famous, but, um, it was really cool. And it, it was the kind of thing where, you know, I appreciated what he did in 2016 when he took a knee and there was all that controversy about it. And, um, I sort of followed a little bit, but I wasn't really a fan of his from a football point of view. But then once I watch this thing, it stops before he becomes successful. Oh, really? It stops right when he gets, um, you know, the there's apparently he goes through like every college in the country and no one wants him on the football squad. And it stops when the one person that you think didn't wasn't going to want him actually gives him a shot. And then it, then it ends. And I'm like, well, that's cool. And so I went and I started reading about what his college career was like and what his trip through the NFL was like. And, you know. It made me interested instead of just casually observing. It made me curious about what his life is like. Hmm. Um, um, and it's clear why he's an outspoken person because he had to fight tooth and nail to get every where he wanted. And he had social privilege. You know, he was from Turlock and his parents had, you know, a minivan, but they paid their house off. You know, it was like, I wouldn't say wealthy, but compared to Oakland and, you know, communities like that, it wasn't, it's, you know, they were much more traditional American style lifestyle. Yeah, so it was interesting. I enjoyed that. And, you know, he was a, an athlete who wasn't bulky and that's why he had trouble with the NFL. Hmm. Yeah. I think I have throw envy. You think what? I think I have fro envy. Oh, I thought you said fro in me, and I was like, "What you've got? Is that how we're addressing it now?" <laughs> yeah, I did twenty-one in me, and I have a little fro in me. <laughs> hey, speaking of fro's, are you uh, doing the Mimi this week? What do you call it when you're like the person who helps a group the knee sa the nice to say knee the sau the sau yeah they postponed this run of the course so you can still get in how long did they postpone it for? i think it starts in january okay oh so no all right that gives me time to kind of look at their videos they have for free and check out their scene cool mm -hmm. all right and friend her on Facebook, you'll get all kinds of interesting. I'm kind of stepping away from social media. I stopped doing zero time. I didn't notice. You didn't see my last post? No. I had a Squid Game reference. Oh, well, great. Well, that tells you how much um, social media I've been doing. Well, that was kind of, you know, here's the thing that's so funny. I stopped because I heard someone 
Oh, I know. There's a great episode of Joe Rogan with Jewel. It's um, amazing. She talks about her life and what she went through and kind of the cornerstones of her life was, I think it's around 15. She's thinking of killing herself because of everything she's gone through. And she grows up in Alaska. Oh, we talked about her, didn't we, last week? I don't remember. Or, anyway. Um, watch Joe Rogan. She's on there. And for some she's reason. She's on there and she's, she's talking about how she looks at nature and realizes nature's always changing. So whatever she is going on for in this moment is going to change. And the second piece was, and I want to be happy. So pretty much her life is based on the mental health of happiness, being happy. Mm-hmm. And it's three and a half hours. It's really good. And is it YouTubeable or is it uh, only on Spotify? Only on Spotify. But you don't have to pay Spotify to view it. You can get the free version of Spotify. Um, there is a clip that's on YouTube, but it's incomplete. Yeah. And it's what I wouldn't say it's the juice of the interview. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Definitely got me. Anyway. Anyway. Either, of course. So for social media, I was like, well, why am I doing this zero time? There's this element of look at me, look at me. And it was, I was not really happy doing it the past couple of times. It's been a grind. It takes a lot of time. And I didn't see any value. I've done it for a year and a half, practically. And I didn't see a value. And then I had this fantasy of like, I'll quit. And people go, hey, don't quit. You know, what happened? But no one fucking give a shit. No one really even know that I quit. I didn't so even like, notice. Right. So that to me, there was an element of a hit to the ego. But there was also like, I did the right thing. Because it's true. It really didn't have a purpose. It was an experiment. And it's over. Awesome. You have zero time left for that shit. Yeah. So I, and I've noticed since stopping that, I've really moved away. I kind of feel like posting the two podcasts I'm doing and a Sunday post. Like, that's Definitely. plenty. Yeah. You know, I watched the Facebook presentation this week about their new initiative, Meta, for the Metaverse. And I was thinking we might talk about it a little bit, but I hadn't brought it up. as like the lead thing because I didn't, I was like, yeah. And uh, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Um, You know, I run in some circles where there's people who are already building environments and who are like, the last thing they want is this multi-billion dollar whale coming in and kind of pushing everybody out of the space, which is what Facebook does. Like they buy WhatsApp, they buy Instagram. Like I want to just like blow it up on some level, but I was also super intrigued and I started to have fantasies about how, Ooh, I could open a virtual coaching office in the metaverse and get more clients. And right. I got my own grabby greed going right away. Um, And, you know, there's things about it that were, really intriguing and exciting. And then in the morning before the announcement, I did a Facebook live uh, thing where I talked about, I knew that they were going to do it. And I was like, you know what I like? I like the universe. 
I'm looking outside my window and I see trees and I see fog and I, I want to meet you guys in the universe where we're all together. And that makes more sense to me on a certain level. Like, why do we have to build us an alternate reality? The reality we have is fucking awesome. And then it occurred to me, well, if you're living in a 30 story project in Podunk, Jersey, or down in the worst parts of New York, then no, reality is not awesome. Right. And the metaverse might be the best place to have some kind of sense of connection or peace. And I was super vulnerable. I like, I looked at buying one of those goggle sets and I literally, I coveted it for like 60 to 90 days this summer. And there was a moment where I had some money in the bank and I was like, I was ready to push the button. And I was like, no, I actually don't want this thing on my face. And to experience this whole thing, like, even if it's cool, like, it's like why I've never tried heroin. It's like, you know what? The worst thing that could happen is the exact thing you would try it for. Well, I might like it. And that's absolutely the worst thing that could happen. Right. So um, that's kind of how I looked at it. And I'm like all for all the entrepreneurs, like the guys who aren't Facebook who want to build spaces like that. To me, that's art. Like, I think that's cool, but because See, I don't think you can, uh, I know I'm just pointing out my own sort of, right. Okay. Your own chimp. <laughs> um, you get triggered by like the rich that word that way, but that's not what that word means to me. My, it's my own disassociative contradictory nature. You have a little chimp with the way I use chimp. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Why? Why do you ask? I do think it's funny. It's like, you know, oh, this is art. Unless a billionaire comes and plays with it, then it's not art anymore. <laughs> well, we'll see. Go cry somewhere else, poor person. Go cry somewhere else. Who's crying? I'm not crying. Poor artist who isn't being recognized for their genius. Call Greg Wilker. <laughs> If I'm a genius, I'm a genius of mediocrity. <laughs> well, everyone's got out of their calling. <laughs> what do you think of this weather? I'm so grateful. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, really cool. Uh, for those of you who might be listening other than places like California, which is highly unlikely since I don't even know if we have any listenership. Um <clears throat> it's been drought, 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 drought to the point where like I'm flushing my toilet with bath water. Um, and it's been raining and it's been raining when it, they said it wasn't going to rain. And I love that because yeah. right now the, the farmer's almanac, which is usually pretty spot on. Like if you look at their history of how right they are, they're like, it's not going to be a rainy, a good rainy season. And they've just been wrong for the last three weeks. And I'm so grateful. I'm kind of wondering, remember 98 when it just rained for like, what was it? 28 days straight in February. Mm -hmm. That'd be about right. That's what we do with floods after fires. No, but it was a casual rain. Oh. Like it oh, wasn't like, the, yeah, I get it. It just didn't. It just didn't stop. Well, just rained and rained and rained. Nice and easy. Yeah. Let me fill you up. 
Yeah. I think the hills are already starting to throw some green on them, which is amazing. I don't know. I wonder how the reservoirs are. I heard they were at 45% capacity. That's better than they were. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, my God. So you quit zero time. Yeah. And And I am really happy with what I used to say goodbye. Okay, cool. I'll check it out. I think it's A. I give myself an A. (laughs) Someone asked me, like, if you could have one TV show uh, uh, come back for one more season throughout, like, your whole life, one more season of any show, what would you pick? And I was like, I want the original Star Trek. Hmm. To do one more season back in the '60s, like not right, not the right, old right, people right. now, right. Like, that are all dead and have to be reanimated digitally or whatever. But like to, you know, what would Gene Roddenberry and those guys have done in 1970, mm-hmm. right? Because I think they were canceled for the final time in '68. How many seasons did they have? Three? They did three original seasons. Three, yeah. yeah How many did Twilight two? Zone have? The original? Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd want another season of Twilight Zone. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if Rod Sterling would, like, if he did it today, what would it be like? Well, they did one, right, in the, in the 80s? No, he wasn't, a, he wasn't a part of it. Uh-huh. Uh, what's his name was a part of it? Um the guy who did Get Out from Keenan Peel. I know that that's an amazing film, but I don't know the name of the person who produced it or wrote it. You saw Get Out, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Okay. It was a great, great. That was. Movie. It was very uh, subtle and, and at the same time, very potent. Yeah. It's like um, a great curry that sneaks up on you by the third, by a third of the way. What was that? Uh, some notification on my desktop. Probably Slack. Slap? Slack. You're a member of the Slap generation? Slap your mammy. <laughs> oh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, this this is this was actually what I came into thinking we could do for our theme today. Slap your mammy. No, we could do your mama jokes with each other. Uh, my favorite one is uh, your mama's so fat when she wears a Malcolm X shirt, helicopters land on her back. I don't know if I have a favorite. I just wanted to try and make them up. Okay. Um. Your mama's so low she could crawl under an ant. Oh, I can't think of any. Right? That's how bad we are at this. Um, welcome to improv on Mobile. Yeah. We're Monday morning. In the future. Sans coffee. <laughs> ah, well, I don't have that excuse. I've had my coffee. Shoot. I didn't have time. Oh. You had zero time. Your mom is so dumb. Oh, 
Oh, wait, I did hear a great joke. <laughs> Hold on, I have to remember it. Um, I'm not going to get it right. Sorry. Yep. Well, so much for the Yo Mama segment. Maybe, yeah. that, that's, maybe that's a blessing. Did you have a test, though? Like how I did stump went last week? Uh, did I have a test? You know how we did stump went? Oh, was, was I supposed to come up with one for you? Well, that was one of our ideas. I should have done more work on that. Because if I try to do it now, it's going to be pretty weak, I think. Yeah, we're, you can't do Star Wars. I don't know fucking shit about Star Wars. Yeah, the thing to do with you would be like uh, to like test you on the Who. Yeah, classic rock. <clears throat> um, like name one member of Thin Lizzy. What's his name? The head guy, the bass player, and yeah, Sid- Lynch. All right, what's Lynch? His name? Phil Philip. Philip Lynch. Philip something. He's got an unusual name. Philip. I think Philip's part of it. I'm cracking up because I stumped you already. Philip Lynch. Yeah. What is it? I have no idea. Oh. (laughs) I have no idea. How old was Jethro Tull when they broke up? (laughs) I don't know. Ask Ian Anderson. Wait a minute. That's what one of my favorite lines is. By the way, which one's pink? Yeah. I love that line. You know they had someone say that to him a bunch of times. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's almost as good as which one's Floyd. Yeah, but that isn't in the song. I I know. (laughs) And that's why I'm referencing lyrics. (laughs) Well, it could have been their lyrics. Look, get on the train. <laughs> the love train. The Which love boat. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch uh, Love American Style when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. We used to, like, beg our parents to be able to stay up till 9 o'clock to watch it after the Brady Bunch. Because there were breasties. <laughs> I don't remember that. I just remember Oh, my that. God. That's what I remember. This Not little 9-year-old like or 10, 11, however old I was, and... There weren't actual nipples, right? No, but they were scantily clothed. It definitely was uh, the precursor to... uh, Daisy Dukes. Well, what do we call it? Soft porn, I guess we call it. Like, (laughs) like the next layer up was Jazzercise on... um, Oh, my God. By that time, I was too high. That was too out of my head. Oh, no, aerobicize on aerobicize, yeah. Oh, come on, guys. Yep. They had a lot of clothes on, though. That's like yoga. I think yoga pants are the jazzercise of the 21st century. <clears throat> We're, I'm so grateful to Lululemon. <laughs> yep. And I've trained myself really well not to leer and not to be an asshole about it. But I am really, really, really enamored of the female form. And for it to be okay for women to wear yoga pants in the modern society 
and not be assaulted by the male gaze is a real blessing to me. Wow, that brings up, can a gaze be an assault? Can, whose responsibility is it? There's someone in my life who quite often is upset with me and I get the stink eye from them. And I think my reaction to that is my responsibility. You're conflating those two things. They're not the same. They are. It's a look that creates discomfort for the individual being looked at. And my and what I'm saying is it's the individual to deal with their discomfort. Nothing's being said. It's a look. And honestly, we don't even know what the person's thinking. Hmm. So you changed it from a guy to guys having this kind of interchange from a guy and a woman having it in that last statement. And you're like a person was what you said. No, I didn't. I didn't say that it's a guy giving me the stink guy. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. I said it's a person. Oh. I said someone in my life. Is upset huh. with me a lot. Gives me the stink eye. I see. Well, that was me then, my Shempa. Yeah. So what are we talking about? And that's what I think we're talking about. Just as there's white guilt, and, the, and that is unhealthy. I think there's male guilt, and that is unhealthy. Right. Well, that's what I was trying to embrace, was this idea that I could still be grateful, be appreciative, without being someone who leers or creates energetic assault. Let's see, the energetic assault, I think, is that is so wispy. It's such a, like, that's part of, for me to say, you energetically assaulted me, is such a victim stance. It's so pandering to the lowest common denominator of who I am for me to stay, say that for you to say it. Yeah. Right. But you don't walk around in a feminine body in a woman's body. So you don't know what it feels like. You don't know what it's like. Yeah. Back to let's jump. Let's get off this comfortable, uncomfortable spot. No, let's stay here. Let's stay here because this is this is the meat of the problem. Yeah, right. So it's uncomfortable. Here's an experiment, right? Ask ten women that you know if you can a ask them some personal questions, and then once you have permission, ask them about whether leering is an energetic assault. And see what they say. What should they do about it? It's not what should they do about it. It's whether what is their experience. Does it feel like something or not? But part of what I'm saying is in my experience with this individual, my experience right now is it's an energetic assault. 
and on I you it's my, yes okay and i think it's my responsibility to transform what i experience because it really isn't an energetic assault that's the way i'm taking it so yeah. i can transform that and then that person can do whatever they're going to do and that's part of me not being angry like i notice if i'm you know like just this morning someone said did you throw out all the garbage bags i wasn't quite sure how to answer it but i felt it yeah. did you stop beating your wife so kind exactly. Of kind of, yeah. Exactly. When you know, there's an element of like, why are you like coming at me with this? And and the way I reacted was as though I was being attacked. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to work on not having my peace disturbed. <clears throat> yeah. I hear so you. That, yeah. And there's a layer here which is worth unpacking. We're done whacking. Worth unpacking. We're unpacking. Yeah. We arrived. Section <laughs> erection. Yes, I agree. And part of what I appreciate with the own community and the, more of the practice, what I appreciate with the own practice is we are acknowledging these energies that we have, which are uncomfortable and don't serve us and we're working with each other with the hope of healing them and a lot of that is the male female dynamic of feeling safe and comfortable and vulnerable and open and at ease yeah. and peace yeah. and in a heightened expression of life what about my experiment that i suggested I don't think I have time. I love the idea. Okay. I'm looking for an idea for my November live with Greg because um, I don't have one right now. You need someone to interview. Yeah. How about your ex-wife? You know, I've thought about that. I don't know that I'm ready. Right. That's, that's a tall order, man. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like I've thought about that level of, of trauma for you. Because we have. Um, it's kind of a stasis now. huh? Well, you know what? Now I'm willing to ask her if she's willing to do another episode. That's right. When was the last one she did? It was the first season. So that's like, what, eight and a half years ago, nine years ago. Yeah, that's one. Let's think of two more. You could do a third one. Me? Yeah. Wow. Well, I could definitely improve over the second one. I thought the second one was really good. We got good compliments on the second one. Yeah, that just tells you how down on myself I, I am. I need to bring Yeah, what the out. ass. That's part of what I'm unpacking here. Yeah, what the ass. Yeah, quit fucking peeing all over yourself. <laughs> okay. When you quit <laughs> like that. <laughs> you're a man yes you are and you can't help but be a man okay let's not get into the whole gender thing all right we're just talking about mark and greg here okay this is an a b conversation see your way out of it oh yeah so we got one two me as the second 
Now, there is a woman filmmaker. She made a film that just went out publicly, and it is about the um, science, the, the medical field that was, um, um, what do you call it, when you uh, sterilize in women yeah. without their knowing mm -hmm. because they weren't the right kind of woman. And she made a movie about it, and she's willing to be in the podcast. Well, I think that's brilliant. That'd be really good, huh? My concern is like it needs to go live the eleventh. You know what? Fuck it. I'll email her today. Get her, get her done, man. Yeah. Just go shoot that thing. Yeah. I want to see the film before I talk with her. Yeah, so that's, that's good. That's a good idea. You know, that's part of my weak ass bullshit is I've just been so like, oh, I don't have the energy to do all this. <laughs> so much energy. I'm old. I'm old, Mark. It's time to die. No, not yet. <laughs> I feel like the, the Indian chief in Little Big Man. Am I dead yet? Nope. Oh, I guess not today. All right. <laughs> I have one word for you. Oh, it's actually two words. Oh, it's three words. <laughs> it's growing before our eyes. <laughs> I'm a grower, not a shower. <laughs> <laughs> That's five. <laughs> I'm a grower, not a six. Six, 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 the number of the beast. You know what I learned? You don't say happy Dio de los Muertos to someone. No, you don't. That's like saying happy, like going into a birthday party. Happy funeral. And no, no, wishing everyone like, Happy birthday! Hey, happy birthday! When you're at someone's birthday party. No, you say it to the person. So this day is about the ancestors who have passed on. So our greetings are to them. Our energy is to them. And our gratitude. And our attitude. Of each yes. other that they gave us. Yeah. I'll say, Grandma, I'm really sorry that we had such a hard time when we traveled around the United States when I was 13. But um, that was one of my favorite trips of all time. So I hope you're happy and well. I certainly love you. You were a good grandma. Recording stopped. <laughs>